<laughs> I'm Tommy Pico, and this is Junk. A Talk That Talk interview podcast wherein I ask a treasure trove of cultural luminaries about the relics, keepsakes, and rando baubles in their apartments, sussing out the stories of their junk. And in our finale, we've got Julianne Escobedo Shepard, Faria Royshi. And in a turn the table situation, we're closing out the show with our beautiful producer, that behind the scenes girl, Alexandra De Palma. <laughs> Fashion icon Julianne Escobedo Shepard writes about music, pop culture, fashion, and everything in between, and is deputy editor of Jezebel. She's written for Rookie, The New York Times, The Guardian, Pitchfork, The Fader, where she served as executive editor, like literally every internet and print publication you've ever heard of in your whole motherfucking life, and she's taught music writing at New York University. Also, I want to note that after this interview julianne had me and the whole production crew watch the music video for her favorite song you can't play with my yo-yo by yo-yo and we briefly discussed changing our theme music to that shit because it's really good julianne escobedo shepherd hola will you show me your junk i'm about to show you all of my junk Woo! i have so much junk but i have this um Shell a double shelf of junk that I I can't often get rid of toys, mm. hmm. and some of them are from my childhood, and some of them are things that I just bought on a whim as an adult. So I have this double um, shelf thing where on one shelf I have all of these like miniature Japanese like sushis, like miniature food stuffs. Mm-hmm. Um, little mini donuts. They sell them in boxes at various um, Japanese like toy stores around. And the they're city. not like keychains or anthropomorphized no. or anything. They're just like little mini foods. Like little mini foods, and um, I just like them. I think they're cute, and I don't know. I I like the idea of having tiny tiny sushis did you get them so you got them when you were overseas or you get them no here? I, I get them in new york okay. um they're just little boxes and you it's a crapshoot you don't know what you're getting okay yeah, yeah, yeah. so like you know i got like donuts i got some bento mm-hmm. there were there's one that has that's like a like a fryer setup that doesn't have food mm-hmm. i don't know well i mean i think the fact that that they're all toys is interesting and like this is a particular so like i I assume that some of the the other toys on the shelf are are much older yes yes and but so but these are like your adult toys yeah i just have um a really i'm very attracted to like mini pop art things and junk like my junk is very just like oh this is so cute like child oriented i guess Mm -hmm. i like plastic shit a Mm -hmm. lot i love plastic did you have a lot of toys when you were younger? Um, I did actually like, I mean, I wouldn't say I was like, of like abundant or anything, but you know, 
I had like a good amount of like Barbies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know what that's about. It's not like I'm compensating for like a deprived. Right. But it does. I think like what it does strike me, though, is to um, like a reminder to stay playful. Yeah, you sure. know, re- yeah. a reminder not to be so serious all the time. Maybe like a reminder that like, um, just because like you're an adult or whatever, um, doesn't mean that you lose your sense of play or your sense of fun. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. But then also, I think too, like, there's this idea of what adulthood is supposed to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know that I think that people sort of like, like, like younger people now are kind of like rebelling against that idea. Or like, there's a thing that's like, you know, you could be a person who pays your own bills. Yeah. Right. That means you can, but that doesn't come with any, like you don't have to necessarily be super dour in order to be mature. Right. Right. You know, that like, I think about this all the time, especially with, we had just, you know, recorded with Angel um, and she was talking about like being able to play with her partner, like being able to Mm -hmm. like, uh, being able to send stuff back and forth and that uh, like that she can't imagine a life that didn't have play in it. Yeah. 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 For sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I th- actually do think about the, that a lot because um, I am aging. I'm not <laughs> going to tell you how old I am, but I'm older than I look. So everyone tells me. And um, I think about that a lot because I think that my lifestyle and what I'm interested in and like just my spirit is like maybe not aligned with what you might think of most other people my age. Mm-hmm. And I really don't believe that people need to quote unquote act their age so long as they're like ethical human beings. Right. Um, and so, you know, I'm not out here like playing with these toys. I just like to look at them cause they're cute. And, and it's, you know, I think, you know, it's, they're not exact. These sushi things like in Japanese culture are not really toys. They're just like decoration and stuff. Um, Also like what does acting your age mean? Right. Well, that's the other thing. So like I actually wrote a piece about this recently um, based on the sex in the city episode splat where the, the woman um, who's like 40 is like, Oh, New York's so dead. And she's like not acting her age and she's like getting wasted at a party and she's like obviously the most fun out of any of these like stuffy assholes at this party but then she is punished for this by falling out the window while she's trying to smoke a bogey mm-hmm. um and hence the title of the episode splat and and so i wrote about it for sex and season anniversary and i really hate that idea because she obviously i think was probably one of the top three most interesting characters on sex in the city including all of the leads yeah Um, and i haven't really seen that much of it but i remember that person right you know like because you're like yo where's the series about this chick yeah (laughs) i want to follow you around right right yeah like she's very interesting so i was thinking about how just you know there's this notion that you know all the adults in the room were appalled at her behavior and sure yeah i mean don't do coke in the bathroom when you're 40 it's just like (laughs) that's not cute but you know but i mean maybe i don't know but it's not cute for me (laughs) um but uh i know i feel that i get that a lot too i get a lot of like you look younger than your age or like the thing is like sometimes i'll be passing by somebody like let's say in lower manhattan and they're in like a suit and i immediately think they're older than i am 
just right. because they're right you know and i feel and i and i feel so like not i feel so immature yeah. i got my cap to the back i'm like saying i'm telling telling like a dick joke my voice is like way up here you know what i mean so in so many ways i feel uh like i'm not acting my age or like but then i remember that they're actually they're like i'm like 10 years older than they are right i could see it in their face and in their skin and i'm just like Eight, like like aging and maturity and there's almost this kind of um this kind of economic thing involved as well where they're like they have these like lives that allow them for a kind of comfort and and privilege yeah, and, a, sure. and a kind of fanciness and that immediately seems more mature and older to me right you yeah. know yeah which is like a whole other sh- construct that maybe we need to blast mm-hmm. but also i mean i feel like the the youthfulness and spirit and whatever even you know i think it's really important if you're a creative person as far as like regenerating ideas and keeping yourself on your toes like i always read these you know those studies that are like people stop listening to and discovering new music by the time they're 30 and i'm like are you serious? Like how boring would it be to be like, just go back to the same? Sure. There's songs that I listened to that I listened to when I was 15. And like, I have my favorite song of all time, which came out in 1992. But Mm -hmm. you know, why would you want to say stagnant? I mean, I think that is even more immature than actually exploring and like find trying to, you know, press, push yourself as far as, you know, discovering new culture and discovering new things about the world and maybe that's what that speaks to i guess totally i I never thought about it that way before but it's a kind of like it like i I kind of associate this construct of capital m maturity with a kind of rigidity yeah you know and a kind of like well is that the way your life is going to be every day for the rest of your life sitting in an office doing the same thing every single day seeing the same people seeing the same person living in the same place and like that idea freaks me out yeah like living as variously as possible like excites me and and it invigorates me and it keeps me going and it propels me forward in this other way I, I would feel so it, like it's like everything is so static you might as well already be dead yeah exactly it's very conservative yeah. it's extremely conservative and it like it also just speaks to like who decided this is how things should be like who the fuck decided that that's how it should be? Yeah. And and I think, I feel like it's like the dudes from Mad Men. I feel mm. like it's like 1950s mm. white dudes who are like, this is no how the world is. And if you don't do this, we are going to like, Right, like, no. three square meals a day, 2.5 kids. Yeah, it's very like the driveway. post-war. Mm-hmm. Like, huh, that's some bullshit. Well, I like that we're both fucking it up. Yeah, we <laughs> are fucking it up. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Faria Roisin is an Australian-Canadian writer based in Brooklyn. With an interest in her Muslim identity, race, pop culture, and film, as well as queerness and how that intersects with being a femme of color navigating a white world, she's written for Al Jazeera, The Guardian, Vice, Fusion, Village Voice, and others. Previously, she's written a self-care column on the hairpin and currently has an astrology column for them. Like producer Alex, she is a double cancer. Faria Roisin. Hi. Will you show me your junk? Yes. Woo. Woo. Um, okay, so one is, I want to start with this this junk that I actually don't have physically in front of me because I can't remember where I put it. Um, it's actually my uh, grandfather 
uh, he was a barrister in Bangladesh and I took his collar and framed it and whenever I look at it I'm like this is so ugly it's like faded (laughs) but in my mind I'm like oh my god he was really dope he was um uh, a member of the communist party in Pakistan and then Bangladesh when after the liberation war he was just like a really dope person but Mm. it's just like so junky to me it's just like something that i'm holding on to and i don't even know why and also like the thing about junk is like it doesn't have to be like it can be ugly in fact it's so anti-pretty that it's actually beautiful Mm, you know mm. and i think also junk i don't know i like the your interpretation of junk and maybe i'm completely off but it's like there is that beauty that that strange beauty to something that everybody else might think is ugly Mm -hmm. and like so many people would come into my room when i was in montreal because i had it hung up in my bedroom and be like what the fuck is that (laughs) because it's just like this weird like faded arrow thing and i also Um, think that like in terms of decoration like oftentimes i think decoration is supposed to be so inoffensive that it's like not universal but that it's that it like that it like is an accent to a room Mm. you know what i mean that it like doesn't necessarily have a personality that it doesn't have an affect and that it doesn't have a story totally and that's why it's like i mean that's what makes sort of like interior like boring interior design so boring but it's like if you have something that has a memory that's like personal to you it might not like your friends might walk in and be like what the fuck is this but like it makes it more your space. Yeah. I have a lot of that. I actually think it's sort of cancerian to feel like I need to like put so much stuff in my room and make my home my home. But a lot of the stuff, you don't even know why you have it. Mm. You just like found it or like, you know, with, with, um, that particular thing, like I stole it from my mom or, (laughs) you know, and I don't even know how, but my other junk is also like, the postcards that I've been collecting over the years that are like crappy and ugly and have blue tack on them Mm -hmm. and like probably come and shit. Like, you know, like (laughs) not like they're not pretty anymore. They're like, you know, frayed and edged, but I have them in this little box and I can't throw them away. Mm. Are they postcards that you picked up from places you went or are they postcards from friends that sent them to you? Everything. Okay. Yeah. Like even something like if you're at a restaurant and you, Mm. you know, when they give you postcards, like I have a lot of those. Um, Producer and Alex and I went uh, to her hometown and we went to this like pizza restaurant, I think. And there was like, they just had a bunch of postcards and she bought a postcard for everybody. She's like, this is just like my, this was my joint or whatever. You know, it's like, but it's like, but the thing is I look at it and I remember that whole day and I remember like that whole, and I felt so, listen, I for whatever I am in New York, in New Haven, I'm a 10. I got so mm. much attention in New Haven. Mm. <laughs> and so I just remember being a 10. Mm. You mean I remember being like super sexy, I mean, walking <laughs> around and people like literally stopping on the streets to turn around and look at me. And I just wow. like, yeah, I'm a New Haven 10. Fuck what you heard. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me something about some of your postcards. I don't, they're just so meaningful. It's so like, but I'll show you some of them. They're just like, here's a Frida Kahlo postcard. And like, you know what I mean? There's like sticky tape and blue tack and the ink's all runny. And um, I think I'm, I'm really sentimental, but it's funny. Mm. Like why I, why I consider this junk is because I have no purpose for it anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm an adult and I live in a grown ass home now and you know, a lot of this stuff is my partner's, but I can't throw this away. Maybe it's because, like, I'm like, what if I'm single again? Like, mm. I'm going to have to, like, start from scratch. Mm. Um, so I hold on to them. But 
What What's interesting about what you said, though, is you said it doesn't have a purpose anymore. Mm. And what does that really mean? Yeah, it's like, true. In capitalism, what is utility? What is purpose? Right, right? right. that it's that it's doing something that, that what that that it has a transactional value. Yeah. And so when something doesn't have that anymore, when it's when it's kind of relinquished of its capital, then it doesn't have a purpose. But also, that's what's beautiful about junk, right? That it doesn't have to. Yeah. Isn't it, it sad that I said that though? Like. No, no. <laughs> the thing is, like, that is the society that we live in. Of course, we absorb right. that. I mean, you're a writer and an artist. Like, you're a porous person, and I think like a part of like what makes your work so powerful and like what what gives your voice its luster is the fact that you do let things in, mm. right? What would you be writing about if you didn't let anything in? Right. That's uh, really beautiful. Well, you know what? It's my job, too. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of strikes me about postcards, too, because this is a particular thing about you. And one of the things about talking about people's junk, and, and it's like, it seems so, it oftentimes seems so, um, like, like such a given. Like, um, Juliana Scabetta Shepard, like sh- her junk was like a bunch of toys. It's mm. like old toys and the new toys. And she was like, oh, that's such a given. But it's like, but not everyone collects toys. Mm. You know what I mean? Not everyone collects postcards. Yeah. And so I think I'm, immediately what I'm thinking is um, posterity and communication. Mm. Right. And, and are these what are what are they communicating to you? You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What are they communicating to me? I think like being loved and being mm. thought of mm. is mm. really, it's really meaningful to me. Like yeah. whenever I feel depressed, my mind always goes to the fact that I don't feel seen. And so like when I'm given postcards, it's a reminder that people are thinking of me. Mm. And I feel like we've lost that communication mm. in the everyday. Like I didn't have a phone for four years and I just recently re-got one. And <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's terrible. That's why like you were calling me and I had no idea. I was like, la 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 la. <laughs> um, and yeah, we just like even text, they're so annoying. Mm-hmm. But when whenever you got a letter in the mail, like that feeling, that mm. feeling of just like being thought of and and um right not just being liked on twitter exactly not just having a text message sent to you because those are actually really ubiquitous and easy forms of communication to have somebody send you something this idea of like i thought of you Mm -hmm. like i uh, you occur to me when i'm by myself Mm -hmm. like that's such a special beautiful sentiment and i and i bought something that reminded me of Mm. you which was so like small but I, you know, it, it made me think of you in some way and I decided to send it to you and like write you a very short, sweet note. And like my friend drew that. Isn't that so great? It's like this old Victorian woman. And... Oh, don't worry. We'll take a picture of it for the Instagram. Okay. Yeah. And, and like, you know, just rereading the message, it's just like she's out in the nature somewhere and she's just like writing <laughs> yeah. you know and it's just like so specific I, I love that about a postcard too mm. the specificity of just like capturing a moment in time and that person is like so thoroughly in a zone and even like think back to when you write postcards or when you write letters and you're mm. traveling or whatever you're like in this specific state of mind right and the the that the um like i think the best most pointed writing is the writing that is to a specific audience right so like the way that you write to your best friend the Mm. kind of shorthand you have to them or to a friend like that where you know you have like some kind of you have a a mutual sensibility and or sense of humor so you're not really you're not explaining anything you're just a pistol right you're just off and i love that um as like us that like it's a 
an encapsulation of a relationship, like a very specific encapsulation of a relationship or it can be, you know? Yeah. That's so beautiful. I love shorthand is so meaningful to me because I, I think I mourn that communication. Mm. I don't, feel like I have it a lot these days just because I feel like as you get older if you travel like I was raised in Australia but born in Canada and now live in the States <laughs> you know and mm-hmm. and my personality is so split my like mm. identity my racial identity is so split and geographically I'm so split and so like it's so interesting to me to be transported back into a time and maybe these are the only souvenirs that I have mm-hmm. From very, very like, um, again, specific times in my life where I was doing a certain thing or I was in a certain place or I was a certain kind of Faria mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. that friend knew that, yeah. you know, and they're signaling to that. But yeah, I don't, I feel like I don't really have shorthand that much or maybe I do. You don't have TBHs and TTYLs that's and TBTs? True, that's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but I think too, uh, like what you're speaking about, about, about maybe feeling a little bit fractured and it's like. Uh, what these postcards sort of say to me is that um, because they're so distinct, but that they give you such a specific feeling mm. that like to assume that you you could exist without fractures. I feel like that's like heteropatriarchal white supremacy. Like that's that sounds like a kind of like a kind of privilege. It's like, no, I think it's like the the it's, but I wouldn't call the I would call it the divisions maybe that makes you so specific and so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alexandra De Palma is an audio producer based in Brooklyn. Amongst other shows, she produces Food for Thought, that's food the number four in thought spelled T-H-O-T, named one of the best new podcasts of 2017 by New York Magazine's Nick Qua. And it should be noted, De Palma is a perennially behind-the-scenes girl, so this was her first time in the hot seat. Alexandra De Palma, the first... <laughs> yes, I am the first. Will you show me your junk? I've been waiting all season to show you my junk. <laughs> I really have. My junk yes. is a dead bulb. A d- it's not a light bulb. <laughs> it's a bulb like a bulb that has like that plants grow out of. Okay, okay, okay. So it's basically you can't see it right now because it's we're in my apartment, but it's outside in the pouring rain mm-hmm. and it's sitting outside. It's a plant bulb that is in now a blue plastic container okay. that has dirt in it. Okay. But the bulb was something that my dad, Donald, mm-hmm. shout out Donald, shout out Donald, sent to me because I, I told Donald that Donald and I are very close, as you know. Mm-hmm. He, as you know now, podcast world, Donald and Alexandra are very close. That's true. They call each other Donald. And Alex, they, they don't, <laughs> she don't say dad. She says Donald. I do. Well, yes. In the presence of others, like just <laughs> together, I say Donald. But so I, Donald and I exchange postcards every week. Like we're super, t- like we talk to each other basically every day. Mm-hmm. I told him he's in, he's an amazing it's actually crazy that he's straight because he's an amazing cook. <laughs> uh-huh. He's an amazing gardener. Uh-huh. He's an amazing p- 
party thrower. He's an amazing entertainer. He's amazing at everything, but he's a really, really good gardener. And so when I moved into this apartment that we're in now, I have mm-hmm. an, a backyard, like a whole backyard mm-hmm. where there's places for plants. There's places for animals. Like there's just so much space. And so I, basically so I, daddy green thumb came in and was like, daddy green thumb <laughs> came in. But like I said to him, I was like, I have this amazing backyard space. I wish it could look like your backyard. Mm-hmm. And so he immediately, a Uh menagerie, he was like, okay, I got you. Uh Two days later in the mail. Amazon Prime or no? It was not even Amazon Prime. Because you have a lot of Amazon Prime packages in your apartment when I come here. So I do. That's because I have an addiction. But he, (laughs) that's actually the level of care because Amazon Prime is easy. You just like click Mm -hmm. one, whatever, like one click Prime. He bought it, packaged it, FedExed it overnight because it was a bulb he was it was something called elephant ear he was like it's elephant like a very ear? elephant ear okay. it's a leafy green it's a big leafy green you can't eat it but it like it would be something <laughs> that on in the backyard would be beautiful uh-huh. and he was like kind of dumbo-ish it's definitely dumbo-ish he hit me up and was like i'm sending this thing to you i need to know right now that you're going to plant it mm-hmm. right when you get it mm-hmm. And water it and take care of it. He was like, it couldn't be easier. He's like, all you have to do when you get this is to just put it in a pot, put some dirt in it, and just put it outside. Mm-hmm. I was like, fine. I can right. definitely do that. No question, I will. Zaddy instructions. Zaddy, that, that sounds weird, actually. <laughs> so he instructed me to do this. I was like, of course I will. So the bulb comes in the mail. I texted him. I'm like, I have the bulb. It's going to be great. I'm sorry, like, that word, like, the, the word bulb is just funny to me. It's <laughs> funny to me too. So I was like, I am planting it right now. Like I'm, he was like, great. Like just put I'm it in some light. Bulb, like daddy. <laughs> shut the fuck up. Why? Okay. So disregarding that, I told him, I was like, I perfect. I just got a pot for this. I already got, none of this had happened. Like I hadn't gotten anything to plant the bulb. So you were just lying to daddy. Yes. But I was, you know what? <laughs> I can't stop, continue stop, on I'll with stop. this story. If we're going to have these undertones, I'll stop, I'll stop. but I will say I did text him and make up a lot of different things. Like throughout, <laughs> like five days later, he was like, how's the bulb? <laughs> and I was like, it's doing great. Meanwhile, it's sitting in the package that it came in, like on my kitchen table. Like you two are weeks the later, deadbeat daughter. Two weeks later, he's like, my because actually this is also a funny detail. At the same time that he got the elephant ear bulb for me, he got one and planted it in the backyard of so our house. Wanted to do it at the same time. <laughs> no. Yes. Compared so he's like, so he's ears. sending me pictures uh-huh. over text. He's like, mine sprouted. How about yours? <laughs> I'm like, oh, mine's not quite there yet. I was like, okay, it's not. Camera broke on my phone. Has, on my internet. Who did? Has new an phone, new phone, Who did? I was like, I was like, mine hasn't quite gotten there, but it's good. So TMI, these, daddy, I don't need this. These <laughs> lies just keep going and going and going for like several weeks. Mm-hmm. Then. Donald plants. He lives in Connecticut. He was planning to come to New York. Oh no! And he was visiting us. And the whole plan was that he was going to be grilling in the backyard. He's oh, an amazing no. griller, as oh, I no. said. Oh no! He was like, I can't wait to see the progress <laughs> on the bulb. <laughs> no, no. This was like the day he was coming. So I was like, fuck. So 
I look at the bulb. It's rotted, like completely <laughs> rotted through. There's mold all over it. You I was failed. like, fuck. You it was completely failed. unsalvageable. Oh, no. Kenya and I, assistant producer Kenya. Don't tell me you went to we Home Depot went and got to a hole. fucking Lowe's no. down the street. Ah, we were like, did. you know what? We need to maintain appearances. <laughs> we went to Lowe's, got the cheapest plastic thing we could get, like this just shitty ass plastic thing. Got the cheapest dirt we could get. Put the dirt in the pot and then put the rotted bulb just so there's like just the, t- you know what? I'm actually, I know you're going to say some shit, just the tip of the bulb, but just the tip Nobody of the bulb. Nobody was going to say nothing about that. You're the one just who said the, something about that. Just the tip of the bulb was just the tip of the bulb. Nobody said just out. the tip of you. Okay. I didn't say that. So, I was let me do not, that. No entendres on that. Let me not. So just the top of the bulb, there was still, despite the rottedness, there was like a little green thing mm-hmm. that was popping out of the soil. Sprouted out, yeah. So when Donald came through, I had the plant. I was like, I had the whole like potted bulb out. I was like, look at how amazing it's doing. He's like, wow, like I can see it's almost sprouting. Like he was like, it's doing really, really well. Oh, and basically at this moment in time, it's pouring rain outside. Like the pot that we're talking about is completely overflowing with water. Like the bulbs in there are just, I mean, they're fucked. Like they're never going to grow, but Donald still texts me with the progress of his bulb. Mm -hmm. And is just like, mine's doing great. Like you, yours must be thriving as well. And do you, and do you feel that like his bulb thriving and your bulb submerged? Is this, does it have have any metaphorical significance to you? It does only in the, sense of like to me it's funny it's it's funny to myself and it was revealing to myself and that's why I, I thought of it as my junk is like I'm was surprised by how much work I was willing to put in to like maintain the appearances of this still mm, mm-hmm. working in order to like not disappoint him do right. you know what I mean like there are certain things that I don't mind like crossing him on but this I was like he will be profoundly disappointed in me if he finds out that I couldn't even plant the fucking bulb. Like, but there's like I... a kind of transparency you have as father and daughter. There's a kind of closeness that you have, but even within that, there's some things that you can't tell him. Exactly. And that's not exactly. bad. The thing is like the, when we talk about having healthy relationships with our parents, I think oftentimes we think like, Oh, there's that sort of Gilmore girls aspect of it. When it's, when it's at its best, we have no secrets. Right. There's nothing between you and right. me, but having healthy barriers is important to any relationship. I think so too. Barriers or boundaries or whatever that like maybe it is fine that you killed his (laughs) his Dumbo bulb. (laughs) Oh God! I hope he's not listening. But just that you know what I mean. Just that um, I think it's it's I think privacy is important in any kind of relationship. Mm -hmm. There's a person that you get to be just by yourself in your own world and a person that other people get to interpret you as and Mm -hmm. get to share in, right? Yeah. And that doesn't mean that's a breakdown in the relationship. And in fact, it made a very good story and I'm going to be laughing my ass off. I have been laughing my ass off. And when this episode comes out, I'm going (laughs) to laugh my ass off again. Um, But that like you're that like just because you have things unsaid doesn't mean you have an unsavory relationship with somebody. Right. And that's kind of a thing about junk is that it is an object that occurs only to you yeah it is yeah exactly i love you baby i love you (laughs) uh alex i love you so much thank you so much for that um i'm dating your girlfriend (laughs) (laughs) now i'm gonna end the show 
and the season and the series the way I ended every episode beforehand with an excerpt from Junk, which if you haven't been convinced to buy by now, bitch, get yourself a new set of ears. <laughs> Control by Janet Jackson is one of the greatest songs in the nation. Warm hearts sparkle in the colonial afternoon. Control is a reaction to something smacking that cracks the future with no precedent. We call this a paradigm shift. Say we were totally blindsided. Janet wants to take control from her parents, from the loss of a first love, control of the narrative. Janet wants to black cat in boxy military garb. Janet wants to show you her midriff and introduce J-Lo to the general public in a couple albums. Shock is a kind of collision. A booming confusion, the shudder and the shot are almost indistinguishable. Shock has its electric correlate, but is also itself by what surrounds the event. A quiet dinner party versus sweaty racing thoughts, and what did you make of it? My friend said he found out his crush graduated college in 2014 and then hates himself. And I'm like, wait till you're my age, thinking, I still totally look like I'm in my 20s. And then it turns out the dude you were making out with was born the year Janet the album came out. What the literal fudge an hour ago you were singing that's the way love goes at karaoke in my defense taller dudes always look older how to negotiate control and the lack of control when your slap hand gets itchy okay Whenever anybody dumps you, just think of them as if a gif of a white dude wilding out to Wu-Tang in a cardigan that suddenly falls into the Grand Canyon. Dating is all the way dumb. I don't know what, if any of this, will reach your peepers. But what I want to ask you is this, and I'm guilty of making people wade through some bullshit before getting to my point. What do you turn to when breath dashes from your body like it's on the lamb? Cindy Crawford says lighting is everything. Taking a selfie from a sun-blown window. Even supermodels say lighting is everything. But there's also value to exposing your engine. Bad selfie. Archaic but also fresh. Self-expression. Trust is a thing that guides you through a feed. The voice like a handshake. I'm in front of you. There's paper and a trade-off. This is ancient, like pixel drift. What's under the hood of irritation? We call complication a knot. A knotted life that doesn't get to be undone. Who here has a clear linear rope? Denial. You have to love your knots. You have to shout them out. Curate if need be. Janet turns her knots into sonic beauty. Though, fuck beauty. Knot is a response. A manager is like a politician. Not the minutia, but the orchestration. The dark forest. It's hard not to inhale. The cave is where to turn when you've no other recourse. This isn't a discussion. This isn't a mandate. Lol, man, date. This isn't an answer. This is a lineage. Lashow, Keith Haring, Rihanna. How do you draw breath? In and down, heel to crown. Janet says, I'm in control, and ends, don't make me lose it, as if she knows what's to come. The battle of control is learning to make and then giving it up.
Mmm. Feeling peaked, roused, amused? Buy the book online or at a fine or frankly trashy bookshop near you. Junk is produced by Alexandra De Palma with production assistance by Kenya Anderson. Our theme music is a cover of Fotos y Recuerdos by Downtown Boys. Thanks for letting us use it. And we're brought to you each week by the best book peddler this side of King James, Tin House Books. Thanks for sticking around. Stay good. Stay good.